Welcome back to the Sunnyside podcast. Last time I spoke about the timely debate about in-house creative teams and external creative agencies. Today I'm going to talk about another trending topic, data and creativity. 15 years ago, digital was the buzzword in marketing. Two camps emerged, digital evangelists and digital deniers. Now, it is no longer a debate. Digital has become 70% of the marketing expenditure of so many brands in so many categories in so many parts of the world embracing digital has become a point of parity it is not a point of difference anymore if you are not investing sufficiently in digital your brand will die no two ways about it the people and companies that had a first mover advantage in digital a decade ago are the ones thriving in this space now today Data is the buzzword in marketing. Again, two camps are emerging: data evangelists and data deniers. 15 years from now, I believe that it will no longer be a debate. Embracing data will be a point of parity, not a point of difference. The people and companies who invest in data now will be the ones benefiting from it in the long term. You would think that the experience with digital would have made deniers more cautious when it comes to denying data but still there are a lot of data deniers and skeptics my explanation for this is that data deniers think of it as a conflict a war between data and creativity the same way any conversation about ai inevitably devolves into a debate about ai versus humans and whether ai will take our jobs the better way to look at ai is how ai will work with humans to add value to human lives likewise the better way to look at data is how data and creativity can do wonderful things together to paraphrase yoda data leads to information information leads to knowledge knowledge leads to creativity there are already so many positive examples on this front spotify is an example of a brand that is doing great creative work driven by data last year on valentine's day there was one person who played a song called sorry 42 times spotify identified that data point and did a creative billboard about that person on the day of the brexit vote the song it's the end of the world as we know it was played by 3749 people spotify did another ad about that There was a person who started playing Christmas music in June someone who created a playlist called One Night Stand with Jeb Bush like he's a Bond girl in a European casino because of the algorithms created by Spotify's data scientists they were able to unearth all these data points and use them creatively there was a very different use of data done by Instagram a few months ago There are plenty of culturally rich archaeological sites in Syria that have been destroyed by the war. Instagram was in a unique position to do something about that because Instagram has millions of pictures that have been uploaded by thousands of visitors to those Syrian sites before they were destroyed. Instagram used these millions of pictures to recreate life-sized virtual versions of these sites that you can explore using an Oculus Rift headset or any other VR headset. If you try it out or watch videos of it you will find that it is not just life size but also life like creating a complete feeling of being there this became possible because Instagram has access to a different kind of data pictorial data 
this was an eye-opener for me because until I discovered this case, I was under the impression that data simply means numbers. But neither of these two pieces of work are my favorite uses of data from recent times. My favorite use of data is not even from the world of marketing, but from the world of art. An artist by the name of Rafik Anadol fed thousands of pictures of New York City into a machine learning algorithm and let the algorithm dream. In other words, he let the algorithm process and synthesize those images into any form it wished, learning from the images and forming connections among related images. That's why it was a machine learning algorithm. The output was so dreamlike, it was unbelievable. It was really a completely new form of art created by a machine. It's hard for me to describe it in words, so I implore you to Google for Rafik Anadol, R-E-F-I-K-A-N-A-D-O-L. You have to see it to believe it. I'm not the only creative or the only agency founder who believes in the power of data. There is at least one other, and his name is David Droga. When Accenture bought Droga5, David Droga said data helps Accenture do so many things Droga5 cannot, and the two skill sets, data and creativity, have to work hand in hand. In a different interview, when asked about data, Droga said he loves the friction between art and science if you can navigate between the two and not be biased towards one. The famous Brazilian creative Marcelo Serpa of Almath BBDO said he loves big data and it's great that data can help uncover surprising insights that can be utilized in so many creative ways. But even when I hear top creatives embrace data, the feeling I get is that they are just wetting their toes in the water. I'm saying this in comparison with other industries. If you look beyond the world of marketing, there are plenty of industries that are already benefiting from data. The Internet of Things, combined with big data and predictive analytics, is transforming manufacturing. When every piece of machinery in every factory is fitted with sensors that generate data, so much efficiency can be achieved. Predictive maintenance becomes possible, where each part is replaced only when the data indicates that the time is right for replacement. This ensures that perfectly functional parts are not discarded and faulty parts don't remain in operation beyond necessary. This becomes even more useful in offshore oil rigs and wind turbines, where you need to take a ship just to visit the site and see whether some of the parts need replacement. Likewise, transportation is benefiting a lot from data. When every vehicle and every feature of the road like a traffic light and a lamppost generates data, this becomes useful firstly for vehicle drivers who know the best routes to take, and secondly for city municipalities that stay constantly aware of which parts of which roads need which kinds of maintenance. Agriculture is another field that is benefiting from data. There are millions of sensors in soil and amidst plants that generate data about temperature, soil wetness, leaf wetness, solar radiation, water levels, fertilizer levels, and more. The Internet of Pipes is a system where water pipes in cities are fitted with sensors that track water distribution so that leakages can be detected and fixed in a timely manner. There is even the Internet of Elephants, in which elephants are fitted with sensors to track their population, health, and dangers such as poaching. Compared to all these industries, marketing is still just scratching the surface when it comes to data. The Can Lions is one of the bodies trying to fix this. For the past few years, 
the Creative Data Alliance has been a category at the Cannes Alliance. Last year, the jury president of this category, Yasuharu Sasaki of Dentsu, said data is still misunderstood. Brands and agencies are still using data just to maximize media efficiency, and they're not thinking of it as a creative force. But Mr. Sasaki asked his jury to look for great creative ideas that exponentially elevate the value of data, to look for beautiful cooperation between data and creativity, which triggers human emotion and changes people's behavior. His jury responded by awarding a Grand Prix to a heartwarming piece of work called Go Back to Africa. Go Back to Africa is a racist slur against people of African ancestry around the world, even if they are Americans, British, or French. The agency FCB6 Toronto used data to identify abusive social posts containing the phrase Go Back to Africa. And they also used data to source for beautiful images from people living in all 54 African countries. Then, they overlaid these abusive social posts against the beautiful imagery of Africa to change the meaning of go back to Africa and give it positive associations. It turned a hate message into a rallying cry that galvanized a community. It impacted culture far beyond what is usually possible in most campaigns of this nature. The Cyber Lions used to be one of the most prestigious lions at Cannes. When I went to Cannes in 2010, I went there representing Wonderman, which is a pure digital agency because the Wonderman-Thompson merger had not happened yet. We were most excited by the Cyber Lions and waited with bated breath to see who wins. But in 2017, Cannes retired the Cyber Lions. That's because everything has become digital. The PR lines are filled with work that's heavily digital. The promo and activation lines are filled with work that's heavily digital. The outdoor lines, same thing. The media lines, same thing. So there was no longer a point in having a separate cyber lines. I expect the same thing to happen to the creative data lines a few years from now, because every category will be filled with work driven by data. One of the reasons data deniers exist is that they are not aware of the kind of work that wins creative data lines, the kind of work that creatively amplifies data and does beautiful things with it. Data deniers are exposed to the more tactical uses of data like programmatic advertising and dynamic ad placement on digital platforms, maybe because these are the more immediate conversations they have every day regarding data. We need more people to realize that the tactical uses of data are just the tip of the iceberg. Then we might have more people who recognize the creative power of data. Judging data based on programmatic is like judging digital based on banner ads. We all know that banner ads are ineffective. The only time we click on banner ads is by mistake. But we don't look at that and judge the entire field of digital. Likewise, we cannot look at programmatic and judge the entire field of data. Skepticism about data is one issue. Another issue is suspicion about the ways in which big tech firms are collecting and using data. The well-documented tale of Facebook and Cambridge Analytica influencing the 2016 American presidential elections was a story straight out of Black Mirror. Since it's big tech firms that caused the widespread suspicion about data, it's big tech firms who need to alleviate those concerns. The Spotify example I mentioned earlier is a good example of this. While they mentioned that a person played the song Sorry 42 times on Valentine's Day, they maintained the anonymity of that person. Even more crucially, 
They maintained the anonymity of the person who created the playlist called One Night Stand with Jeb Bush like he's a Bond girl in a European casino. When big tech proves that it is responsible with big data, there will be more converts to the cause of data-driven creativity. Like so many nascent fields, the future of data cannot be predicted with a great deal of accuracy. But that is precisely why it is so exciting and I cannot wait for the future. Thanks for listening to my thoughts. Feel free to reach me and share your opinions on what I've just talked about. Stay tuned for the next podcast. See ya!